Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi. Hi. Boy, have we had a 24 hours, y'all. Day from hell. <laughs> and that's I, all. That's the intro. That's Get it. Get into it. <laughs> Best. <laughs> Mistakes. Mistakes. Ow. Mistakes. Ow. Uh, uh, terrible. Where to begin? Um, let's start at the very beginning. A very good place to start. Okay. As Julie Andrews may or may not have said, allegedly in. What is that sound? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Something's going on I was going to say outside. in the sound of music, but there's a whole different sound of music happening outside. <laughs> <laughs> the sound of something. I do not know what that is. Um, anyway. Not sure. <laughs> what, is <it? laughs> what is that noise? It might be, but they're Maybe. making a weird fucking noise. Uh, well, good for them. Ambiance. Speaking of kids, I just... Now I know what my mistake was. Anyway, continue. <laughs> Can't wait. I'm going to have a fully different lineup than what we recorded yesterday. No, same. Yeah. Which brings me into our first point. We recorded this yesterday. Yesterday. And it, and it was lost to the ether. Um, so you're getting a whole new intro. The void swallowed up what we recorded. <laughs> and, you know, that's just part of technology. That's part of um, the human condition. <laughs> things do not always go as planned. Nope. Which brings us into our second point. We just spent the last 12-ish hours um, canceling all of our plans for the week because we thought we came in contact with someone that tested positive for COVID because they were told they tested positive for COVID. And maybe six hours into this 12-hour ordeal, they found out they didn't actually test positive for COVID. And so now we're in the process of reestablishing our week of plans and figuring out how to resume life. I truly just lost an entire day of my life to just like rearranging a puzzle only to like find out that the way the puzzle initially was was fine, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I know it. you know because you just also had that day. Terrible. <laughs> Listen, y'all. I should be at dinner right now in Windsor Terrace. Oh yeah, you had to, you were going to be on a date. I was going to be on a date today, and uh, you canceled it because of COVID. Yeah. Well, it's it all worked out because either way, this episode needed to be re-recorded yeah I know. regardless of covid test results true 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 it's not like the computer had covid <laughs> oh my god what if that's a thing who knows what if our technology is getting covid and we just were none the wiser Here's what happened some witch out there heard us just on our rightfully so moral high ground for the last few weeks about covid and our unvaccinated acquaintances and how we felt about it 
And as we love to do, we were doing lots of hypotheticals. Um, And I think that a witch heard us and was like, I'm going to cast a little spell. She cast this little spell today where she made this situation with her friend who thought they had COVID happen. And then she just waited to see how we reacted to it. Yeah, she's like, let's it. see if these bitches practice what they fucking preach. And we did and we practice did. what we preached. We did. Can't say the same for everybody <laughs> uh, that we're friends with. Some things kind of uh, became clear. But that is fine. <laughs> and I was not surprised. I wasn't surprised. I was just disappointed. Um, We're not mad. We're disappointed. Um, I am mad. <laughs> Yeah, well, but also disappointed. But now we at least know. Now we know where everything stands. Mm-hmm. Do which brings us to an announcement. A recording we did yesterday that was not lost is our first Patreon bonus episode. Bow, 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 bow. Brr, brr, brr. Get into it. Um. Yes. Subscribe to our Patreon. We will have the link in the description of this episode. It's just the Best Mistakes Podcast Patreon, um, which, you know, we'll have the links in our bios, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Yeah, we're going to have weekly bonus episodes for y'all, if you can believe. If you can fucking believe. um, There can be miracles (laughs) when you believe. And... They're not going to be mistake related. We figure, you know, you get enough of that content here in this pod. And what the people want more of is just us being besties. So we are calling our bonus episodes the The besties Besties corner. Corner. Come on down to the besties corner (laughs) for a small fee. (laughs) Um, it, It is a small fee. We're keeping it at a low fee. So for just the bonus episodes, we want a very low barrier to entry and we'll be adding more tiers later on for higher monetary amounts, but not for bonus podcast episodes. We want as many people as possible to be able to listen to as much of our beautiful voices as y'all want. And the bonus tiers are going to end up being stuff like um, video content and get your minds out of the gutter. If you want that kind of content, just go <laughs> over to our OnlyFans. Only um, and, you know, maybe early access slash discounts to merch. Maybe maybe um, shout outs on the pod. In fact, you know what we should do? We should shout out just any patron. Yeah. So we're going to do, start doing that. So even if you're just doing the lowest tier, you will get shout outs on the podcast from us. Um, what else? I mean, you know, and, and feel free to let us know what else you're interested in getting from a Patreon from us. And our bonus episodes are going to mostly just be comprised of like us shooting the shit as you guys like to hear us do. We're also going to be asking each other questions from the 36 questions that lead to love that the New York Times published a few years ago. I'm sure many of you have heard of it. If you haven't, it's basically 36 questions that if you ask somebody and get their like heartfelt answers to, it's supposed to make you fall in love with them. So we're trying to see um, if we can get a little bit closer. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
or become sworn enemies by the end of asking. Shut up. Uh, what? It's not going to happen. <laughs> Enough. Uh. So for the first bonus episode, the question that we asked each other was, um, of all the people in the world, who would you have as a, a dinner, dinner guest? Part. Yeah, as a dinner guest, rather. Yeah. And we have quite the answer for you. Obviously, we did not stick to the premise of the question, and we named about seven people. <laughs> For various different reasons, <laughs> it became more of a dinner party. <laughs> it would be a great dinner party. If you want to know, go subscribe to that Patreon. Yeah. Let us know if you would show up to that dinner party. If that's... And who you would have. And no, our answers were not intellectual because our heads are empty. <laughs> Smooth brains. Smooth brains. Not a wrinkle in sight. <laughs> we forehead. refuse to think of anybody that would be like actually worth asking even one question. Yeah, no. Just more like some just fun favorite celebs. Um, not even all of them that fun. <laughs> and not even all of them celebs. I guess, yeah. Well, yeah. One of them was a royal. Oh, true. A Spanish royal. <gasps> Spoiler. Spoiler. That's a that's a teaser for you. We also admit to some pretty disgusting habits we had as we children. We do and still have. Um, <laughs> you can't just say as children. Well, I, I assume at least two of the habits mentioned neither Totes. of us still do. No, no, but. But some disgusting habits from childhood till present day. So if you want to learn why to cancel us a la Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher... Um, that deranged video of her being like, <laughs> I'm watching them. We'll have a similar deranged follow up video to our disgusting habits. Yeah. So if you like our friendship. Oh, also recommendations. We're going to be doing yes. um, besties, best things. And we're going to be de- telling you the things that we're listening to, reading, watching, Listen, it's a fun episode. We're funny in it. We're funnier than we currently are because right now... We're kind of emotionally, <laughs> spiritually... Traumatized. Traumatized and drained. And The wind has been taken out of our sails. Yeah, and there's still just so much more that we have to do. I still feel like we're sitting under a shroud of just like a little bit of uncertainty. <laughs> Even though we know that we are going, it's yeah. just, you know, yeah. We lost a day of preparation to go on this trip to thinking we were no longer going on, the, on and this just like trip. lots of emotions, you know. Yes. I'm I'm someone who, when something is taken away from me, I cope by shutting down and being like, "Well, I didn't want to go anyway." <laughs> um, and I always believe myself uh-huh. until it's put back in my view, and it's like, actually, maybe you will get it back. And then I'm like, "Oh no, I actually really do want to go to that thing." Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, that's been my that's been my personal day. Listen, this, these are these unprecedented times we live in. OK, this is just a reality that all of us have to face. Sometimes things do not go according to plan because of this fucking pandy we're in right and now. And you just know that there is another friend group somewhere else in the country, maybe even in New York City, who this happened to this week, maybe today, who are also going to Honcho who it actually happened to, where they're probably positive and they're probably going. That's all I can think of. I know. I'm like, what's? where's that other side of this coin? Yeah, no. We're, I mean, we saw the other side of this coin within our own friend group. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, we're not the only ones no. that are being faced with this 
uh, decision. And it's like Lollapalooza 2.0 is what Honcho Camp I was going to be. Yeah, but Lollapalooza didn't have any, it wasn't a super spreader. I thought they had like 200 positive cases. Yeah, out of like. No, I know. I'm just saying there were still pot like I'm yeah, not but saying the, a super spider. I'm just saying there will no, be positive but Lollapalooza people. was considered like an enormous success because of how low the positive tests were that came out of it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just saying that there. Are so if it were Lollapalooza 2.0, that would actually be a good thing. Also, they're saying, and maybe this will bring us some peace of mind for this um, all vaccinated event that we are attending. They're saying that the reason that the spread was so low at Lollapalooza is because a lot of the people that tested positive were already positive before going. Mm-hmm. Um, like more than half. So that means that they spread it to... It was less than 200 people to get it at Lollapalooza. You know? Like about 100 people got it. Good to know. Which is like actually proof that herd immunity works. Because yeah. everyone there was vaccinated the same way everyone at Honcho is going to be vaccinated. And when 100% of attendees are vaccinated, which obviously there's going to be someone who forged their way in or whatever. But, you know, when nearly 100% of people are vaccinated, that does achieve well over herd immunity, according to the studies that are coming out because of Lollapalooza. So, like, you know, God willing, this is Lollapalooza (laughs) 2.0. How many people went to Lollapalooza? It was a crazy number, right? Yeah, I have no idea. Hold on, I'm going to ask Google. How many people went to Lollapalooza 2021? Okay, Lollapalooza had more than 385,000 people, and about 100 people actually contracted COVID there. How many people there. are going to Honcho? Do we know? I don't know. Let's see if Google... Would Google even know that? Honcho isn't big enough for that, right? <laughs> How many people are going to Honcho 2021? I don't know. It does not say. It doesn't matter. We're not good at math. You know, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? We're going to Honcho. That's all I know. <laughs> We're going to Honcho, baby. And for the fucking record, we weren't going to go when we thought we were exposed to someone. Anya who- was not going to go. No, <laughs> we weren't. I had a funny joke of... Um, what if I tweeted, telling this to the besties, because you know, because I texted this to you, but I think it would be really funny if I had tweeted, um, <laughs> am, am I the only one who is still sa- staying inside, but I forgot that my Twitter location was on and it said that it was sent from Honcho <laughs> and you saw that. <laughs> I was like really slick about not appearing that, in like, anyone's photos or stories. <laughs> it's like that eye roll emoji too. You're like, am yeah. I the only one still staying inside geotags? <laughs> At Honcho. And I'm like, you're in the background of literally everyone's photos. <laughs> but I'm in the background, but I'm like doing this. <laughs> the we irritating. You're like, like, I can see your teen idol tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, there's literally no way to prove that's me. <laughs> somebody somebody wrote teen idol on their chest. Can I help that? No. <laughs> or you actually, you're like, that's so annoying. Someone stole my tattoo. tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> how uh, fucked up is that oh, like you you send me the photos being yeah. like Anya can you believe someone at Honcho stole my like, tattoo aren't those your roots <laughs> isn't that your hair <laughs> you're like I know someone's trying to fucking steal my look <laughs> A- after everything I've been through having to miss Honcho <laughs> haven't I been through enough someone's trying to steal my identity uh. anyway should we do our little fucking segments? 
My mistake of the week is asking that little girl outside <laughs> or just saying to her, what? Um, because she would not stop fucking staring at me as I was venting to Anya on the phone, sitting on my front stoop. She was on a little scooter with her sister going up and down our block, just staring at me. And so the first time I made eye contact, I just went, and she didn't Which was stop, a face for anyone face. listening to this auditory and then experience. the second time she did it, I just went, what? <laughs> and I can confirm that is the exact <laughs> tone. Because I went, sorry, Annie, I was asking the little girl what she was looking at. <laughs> um, fully nine years old and I'm fully 26. But you and know that what? was a mistake. Why? Um, but, you know, because who knows what she was looking at me. Maybe, you know, I don't want to make a young i don't i don't want to make a a little girl feel like she can't be curious uh-huh. you know <laughs> curious about what Just about life, what you're going through what i'm going through <laughs> well, maybe she liked my outfit maybe she thought i was pretty maybe she was just looking Maybe maybe she's like, Ugh, are you guys having to cancel on Honcho too? <laughs> <laughs> maybe she wanted to buy my Honcho ticket. <laughs> and that's why she kept scooting up and down the block three times. Yeah, she was waiting to find out. She and her sister wanted our tickets. Yeah. Um, so that was my mistake. You know, just kind of talking to a child as though I was also a child. So what? They need to get ready for the world. <laughs> um, the world isn't kind and they need to get used to that. It's true. Sometimes adults yell, what? And yeah. that's honestly, you're you're getting off easy staring at someone in New York City, and that's all you get. It's true. Um, I keep saying... I loved staring at adults when I was a kid. What is my keepsake? Me too. What is my keepsake? Okay, I guess, well, I'll just stick with the same keepsake. Is that the other night I was in a terrible mood? Because uh, we had a long night and in, into the next day spiral convo and I was in a bad mood but then I went to a party at Knockdown Center and it put me in a great mood so that is my keepsake I'll keep it short my hot take is COVID related um, which is just that if all of your friends are vaccinated and you're not vaccinated tell your friends that you're not vaccinated if the culture of the friend group is kind of the assumption that we're all vaccinated because we all talk to each other about being vaccinated. Mm. So something I have experienced recently, as you know, and it's Mm -hmm. just still on my mind. Um, A friend of mine who I just have been under the assumption, the good faith assumption that they've been vaccinated for the last however many months the vaccine's been available. Um, And I find out that they're not. And that they didn't tell any of us. So, or, yeah, I don't think that's a hot of a take. But I guess to some people it is a hot take. To yeah. You know, it's called consent. Let people make an informed decision about how to navigate. The same way anti-vax people are harping on about how they want to make an informed decision to put the vaccine in their body. And they want body autonomy and to not be like forced into getting this vaccine put in their body. All right. Let's talk about informed decisions and body autonomy. Other people also want to have the informed consent of being around unvaccinated people. They are much higher risk of both getting and spreading the virus. And as unvaccinated people like to remind us, vaccinated people can still get COVID. Yeah. (laughs) So we would like 
to mitigate those chances yeah. or at least have the opportunity to do so. Yeah, because guess what? I don't care personally about getting COVID because I'm afraid of getting sick. I care about getting COVID as a vaccinated person because of shit like today. Yeah. Because I don't want to have to keep navigating these situations. Yeah. Where, which obviously, you know, that, that, who, you know, our friend, if our friend had had COVID, we don't know how he would have gotten it. He could have gotten it from another vaccinated person. So I'm not putting all the blame on spreading COVID from like two unvaccinated people, though they are spreading it at a much higher and quicker rate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's it for me. It's like this is such a stressful time to be alive and doing shit. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like the polite, ethical, moral thing to do to like tell your friends that you're not vaccinated. Correct. That's all. Once again, if you don't want to get vaccinated, fucking fine, whatever. But like, don't make that everybody else's problem. Um, you know, don't behave as if you are vaccinated. Pretty please. And part of that is what we said in a previous episode, which is people who are unvaccinated, like forging vaccine documents in order to get into like vaccinated only events. Um, And if you want to know who some of those people are, (laughs) and if we know them, subscribe to the Patreon. (laughs) We will name names. Oh, yeah. One of our our future tiers is going to be called Naming Names. Naming Names. (laughs) Where we talk shit about. And name names. Naming Names. Because um, we do know some names. <laughs> we do. Listen. Something dark happened. The point I was trying to make, though, is that it is similar to me. Like, it is on par with, like, forging vaccine documents to get into a party as it is to, like, be in a, fr- a friend group where the assumption is that everyone is vaccinated. Yeah, and it's just like... like that is you forging a friendship vaccine document. Exactly. And if you don't care about your friends, at least care about the person you've had a mutual crush on for six months. Um, you know, this person, <laughs> uh, you know, it's like N- Nika and I have both recently gone through vaccine related oh crush God, breakups. True. Yeah. I mean, I knew that you had, but I'm just now, put, you know, connecting those dots. Yeah. I've been, I was processing this crush dissolution because of COVID today while all this was happening for the first time where I was like, man, I'm really bummed. Yeah. Well, you know, I di- I kept saying for a while that I could never actually hook up with this person because if I did, I'd want to date them. And then if I dated them, it would lead to something really dark and chaotic. And I just thought that that are. meant, you know, to do with drugs and partying, not <laughs> them being an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> Ugh. Terrible. Listeners, right into the pod. Tell us about a time that someone <laughs> has broken your heart over vaccine-related re- reasons. Um we will not be taking any anti-vax perspectives at this time. No. And we have some anti-vaxxers you can send them to, though. You can commiserate <laughs> with them. If you're an anti-vaxxer, we have one, two, three, four. We, we have, have some... four people already that you can go hang out with. Probably more. No, I know. But the four people that we know of. Four people in our direct lives and circles. Yeah. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. dun. Something dark happened in 2014. <laughs> <laughs> Something dark did happen in 2014. That's the name of this episode. <laughs> and if anybody here knows about it. Um... <laughs> if you know what dark thing happened to this unnamed person <laughs> that we are currently subtweeting in 2014, let us know. <laughs> let us know. <laughs> if you think you know who we're talking about, that would be fucking wild. I mean, that would be, we've given you no information <laughs> other than that they are one of four people that we know that is unvaccinated. And that they have forged 
vaccine paperwork. Well, now we just okay, well we that, said it. We said it. Yeah. Oh, true. We said it yesterday <laughs> in yesterday's intro that got deleted. Okay, great. So I'm including well, then it now. It, then so it really just clue. narrowed it the fuck down. Yeah. But to only people who know, if you know, you know. <laughs> but if you know, do you know what happened in 2014 <laughs> to this person? What, what happened at a what was that night? What was the food <laughs> I night? I cannot. I cannot. <laughs> I refuse because something happened I will there. say I will say that I dove real, real deep, deep into this person's Instagram. Anya went all the way Some back to what 2012? All the way back to 2012. Just to kind of get the lowdown on like there I, I just knew I had a feeling in my heart of hearts that once upon a time they were a completely different person. Getting my tan on. And I got I got confirmation that they were once a completely different person. And it's like everything really just <laughs> shifted in 2014. Something happened. Around um, the time that they were at some kind of food night <laughs> with a date. There's, there was some, <laughs> there was an event. <laughs> and we don't know what it is, but we want to crack that code. Um, so if you want to hear more about that, tune in to Naming Names. Names. <laughs> we lock them in a room and just badge of what happened in 2014. We, we, we lock them in a room, but like first vaccinate them. <laughs> We're like, okay, we can't actually be in this room with you right now. Um, but as soon as as soon as we dose them with the vaccine, we have like a swinging lamp <laughs> over their head. Like, tell us what happened in 2014. Just big blown out copies of their Instagram photos. What was it about 2014 that made you learn about chakras, you know, <laughs> and feel compelled to get a face tattoo? That's all I'll say. Anna Bindi. <laughs> what? Anna Bindi. Yeah, started wearing bindis. Should clarify this person is white. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> we have to edit so much of that out. Why? Uh, because, because. I'm not trying to dox anybody. Well, we didn't dox them. If they got doxed with that little information, <laughs> then they fucking deserved it. I mean, that'd be insane. <laughs> we didn't dox them. Any anyway, all right. Way. Do your segments now. Oh, okay. My mistake was mistake. just doxing this person a few minutes ago. <laughs> uh, um, well, they are forging vaccine documents. They so are. So is it really doxing or is it just a simple heads up? So if you know, you know. And if you know. You're getting the download then right now. <laughs> this person is forging vaccine paperwork. <laughs> and and did you, you should know? probably know. <laughs> And what happened in 2014? Um, Margarita night. This is why you have to go back and archive your Instagram posts, y'all. Because listen, something dark happened to me in 2014, too. <laughs> I'm a different person than I was in 2012. By God, I hope we all are. But this you just don't need people that already have a little bit of a bone to pick with you to be diving that deep into your Instagram. Listen, I'm not saying that they were asking for it, but they were asking, asking for, for it. it. Listen, okay, <laughs> from the top, <laughs> from the top, because we just had to edit out some uh, real revealing information, and I'm not trying to actually dox this person. It's uh, a real if you know, you know situation, and if you know, you already do know. And if you don't know, you need to know. You need to know. So DM us. <laughs> but from the top, all I'm saying is if thinking someone wearing bindis when they're white and forging vaccine documents 
is wrong is wrong, then I don't want to be right. And that's just the download. Yeah. That's the download. (laughs) (laughs) That is, you know what, besties? That is my mistake, is thinking that that was a mistake. Yeah. (laughs) We're having a real-time reveal. Okay, no, my actual mistake this week. Um... Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I mean, my mistake this week, I guess I'll actually leave my mistake as the same thing because nothing has literally nothing has happened since we recorded yesterday um, (laughs) due to my entire day just being about possibly being exposed to COVID. Um, So my mistake was that I fell down the same night I fell down this person's Instagram rabbit hole. I fell down a different rabbit hole of just like spiraling thoughts about just fucking life and the state of all of my friendships and interpersonal interpersonal connections. connections. You kept me up every time I tried to go to sleep. You poured cold water on me. Yeah, I was I was waterboarding Nika. Are you up? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, I fine. If you don't want to admit that you were right there with me, then I'll take responsibility. That's fine. I was right there with you. Someone had to people please. Yeah, sure. Anyway, I just fell down a manic thought spiral, just really worried about um, the state of everything and you know I don't think that that in itself was a mistake but the mistake was like letting myself get so wound up about it while also manic that it just like set a like permanent like mood over the next like 24 hours that just didn't need to be there yeah um and you know it's just good to if you're someone who also suffers from mania and hyperfixation um it's just good to keep an eye on what you're holding space for <laughs> not to use that word that that term of holding space but um it it applies this time and yeah i just didn't have my own back you know i was letting myself I I was I let myself work myself into a frenzy a little bit about just like how upset I was about like multiple things and it didn't actually help any of those scenarios. Yeah. So that was my mistake. For context, by how deeply (laughs) I wound myself up, um, Nika and I were up until 10. And we weren't on. Well, I mean, Anya is never on stimulants. I wasn't on any stimulants either. Just ketamine. Yeah. It was it was rough, besties. Um, it was rough. <laughs> we were really processing some feelings. Really and I'm not saying... Psycho. And it was like that meme from It's Always Sunny. Of Charlie with like the... The, uh, the whiteboard. Whiteboard. Or, or yeah. the, the like red strings behind yeah. him. Pepe Silva. The mailroom, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, it was very that. Very that. Honestly, our <clears throat> entire energy that whole night was very Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, period. Like, just what he's always like. That was the vibe. Um, <clears throat> my keepsake. I mean, my keepsake is kind of, honestly, at this point, the fact that y'all and I, y'all, y'all and I, you and I, were put to the test in this way and that we were on the same page. That was comforting. It would have really fucking sucked if that were not the case. Um, in this, in these trying times, 
since you are the person that I spend the most time with. Yeah, no. So. I really wanted to go, but I just kept thinking, if you did go and you have COVID, whose mother would you kill? I mean, and same. And that made me not, you know, the little devil on my shoulder was like, but what if you did just go? <laughs> oh, my God. What if you just went? Obviously, the devil did not win. But, yeah. you know, we all have that little voice in our head that tells us to do the wrong thing. <laughs> <sighs> which I've not been listening to lately, which has been good. But, yeah, I'm glad that we were on the same page, too. Yeah, that was my keepsake for sure. Um, it would have been so easy. What, to just go? To just go. And our friends are being so cavalier about it, you know? I guess I... I don't mean it like it would have been sh- terrible to do. But I, for me, it would have been... I could have just done it. If I if I didn't have the standards for myself that I have and I didn't want to be... And see, that's what's so scary about this time right now is that people... It's like up to the individual to like do the right thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly... I'm having a hard time even taking credit for doing the right thing because I think for me it was more an ego thing and I don't want to be called a hypocrite. Mm. And that was, you know... Uh, uh, that I'm glad that I didn't go, but... As much as I'm like an ethical person, I think it was my ego that won out. But I mean, isn't art and ethics also kind of about ego? You know, not to get philosophical a little bit sometimes. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. So which is it? Was it your ego or someone's mom dying? Well, no, you're it was saying both. saying a lot of different things No, right it was now both. Because. I just said it. it was my... Yeah, I think <laughs> ego and ethics are related. I think you're, what you're saying is your moral code is related to your identity. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. That's a, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, yes. I would agree with that. Yeah. And I and I feel similarly to be clear. Like yeah. I but I also think that that's why whenever some whenever people go on like rants about how like shaming doesn't work, I'm mm-hmm. like I actually do think it does because of people's egos. Like yeah. I do think that obviously I don't think shaming works in every strategy of shaming. And I don't think it works in every situation. But like, let's say in some alternate universe, we actually were exposed to COVID and we actually did decide to go to this event. Mm -hmm. If someone like called us out and shamed us for it, like that would work on me. Yeah, it would work on me too. I would have felt like shit about it. Totally. Um, And I guess the slight imminent threat of that happening must have had something to do with part of the decision making. But I think that's the case for everyone right now making decisions like this. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Including the people who like to act like, you know, the ones that we were making fun of earlier with like, am am I the only Only one one still staying home right now? It's like the only reason you feel compelled to tweet that out into the universe is because of like your ego wanting to be rewarded for doing the right thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. And to try to shame others, which whatever Godspeed, like I said, it does work. So do what you got to do, I guess. Um, anyway, no, I know what you mean, but yeah, my keepsake is definitely because this is like, it's complicated right now. Like there's difference. There are nuances to the situations that people are being faced with. And like the situation we were faced with wasn't that we tested positive for COVID, if we had like positive test results in our hands, that would have been, it, yeah, it would have been like not even a conversation. <laughs> yeah. It's like totally. we saw somebody recently who got a positive result or a, now we know a, a false, false positive, positive result, but a positive result that like 
wouldn't wouldn't have been reflected in the time that since we'd seen them wouldn't have been reflected in our results anyway but we did get negative results yeah so that's much more of a dilemma of just like choosing the right thing to do rather than like the rules say this mm-hmm. you know what i mean yep and then also we are both vaccinated and so there is like a high likelihood that even if we were around somebody who is positive it wouldn't have affected us yeah so it's like there's there was that element of it too where i was like what a shame it would be to like miss this event on principle and then get our results back and they're negative which is the most likely outcome yeah but none of that fucking matters anyway because it's a moot point and we're going and we're going yeah i did call our friend and really make sure to drill that that idea into their head what the fact that it would set like really I don't think that I had to convince them, but really talk them through like, you know, why don't you call the lab a few more times and like really check all your boxes, like cross all your T's, all your I's before we possibly miss this based on principle. Right. You know, (laughs) please, (laughs) please. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. And they did. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Because as much as I love having principles, <laughs> I like to party and do drugs in the woods more. Um, <laughs> and that's what I'm about to do. Yeah. As I want to do. But now, uh, as a principled people, knowing, oh, <laughs> oh, we can be so smug about it now. <laughs> Speaking of ego, we get to party and do drugs in the woods and, and just be, like, be huh. so self-satisfied knowing that we would have done the right thing had the situation presented itself. Do the right thing too. <laughs> Starring Anya Voltz and Nico Lamato. <laughs> uh, oh, can't wait to... That's a whole other high that we'll have. True. I didn't even think of that, but you're right. I'll just turn down other drugs. I'm like, no, I'm high on life right now. <laughs> I'll be like, I'll have them. <laughs> yeah, Nico's just behind me collecting yeah. all the drugs that I'm saying no to. You're like, you're re- like way higher right now than I've ever seen I'm you I'm like, before. whoa, you're so high on life right now, Nika. <laughs> I I'm thought like, we agreed. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, my hot take. I mean, my hot take. Ugh. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I have a few hot takes fucking rattling around in this old noggin. Only one. Okay. All right. (laughs) Any surplus of hot takes will be posted on the Patreon (laughs) now that we have one. Um, My hot take. Listen, I mean, it's a complicated time in history. Mm Mm-hmm. A lot of people feel a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have a lot of different ways in which they are conducting themselves or responding to different situations. And I just think that we should all move through the world with that in mind a little bit. I just mean there have been a few instances lately where people are just like really black and white about how they're viewing how people should behaving and how people should be behaving during COVID. And when you zoom in real close on their actions, they're not really living up to that same standard and I'm whatever. Everyone's a hypocrite and I'm not saying that these people are like fucking 
shitty people. I'm just saying my hot take is that if you're going to make it part of your personality, yeah, follow it up with action. That's totally. all. Yeah. Or, you know, I agree with that. And or if you're, you know, I think like a lot of this moral high ground, even, you know, I, I feel it even with myself sometimes comes from feeling so desperately out of control totally. of the situation that we're living in. And it's like has been so up and down and all around and depressing and bleak. And our government has done nothing to help us. And so I just think that, you know, it has brought it's bringing out the worst in yes. a lot of people. And I think that a lot of people who are on like a false kind of moral high ground don't even mean to be up there. They just I agree. are talking themselves into a t- they're kind of backing themselves into a corner of something they don't even believe as a way I think to control a situation. Yeah, control what you can when you feel out and of And then control. when it comes time to go to a party <laughs> and that's something that you can control going to that party, they're going. Yeah. Even in these circumstances. Right. Where you could be possibly putting other people at risk. But I think everybody feels like they've been denied so much in Which the last also, year. Like, yeah, my hot take is more a hot take as like a reminder to everyone. Totally. Where it's like basically what you just said, like as a reminder, everyone is not really at like everyone yourself and the people around you not you yourself yeah. but <laughs> listener and ourselves everyone is not acting at like their highest capacity as their highest self Elisa you know looks up and we're saying this too hard yeah <laughs> we're like, we're like, Elisa you listening <laughs> We're not even recording. (laughs) We're just sitting in Elisa's room trying to tell her something. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We're like, so anyway, so anyone, maybe you're painting your nails right now. Wearing a cute little Jane Austen looking dress nightgown. (laughs) Maybe we're using your equipment at the moment. I don't know. I'm just, this is just hypothetical. Like anybody out there. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, just a reminder that, yeah, the people that you're interacting with and yourself are all not necessarily being the best versions of themselves. And so like when you're making like definitive statements about what kind of people people are, um, you're both like saying that about people who are just like living as they know how to right now in this chaotic time. Mm -hmm. And you're also possibly saying it about your future self. Yeah. (laughs) And I, yeah, I include myself in that. Although I don't know. I feel like we've, you and I have at least while like making sweeping statements on the podcast have been like trying to walk with that kind of grace and like understanding what we preach. I think, I mean, yeah, we're not really preaching all that much. Our main 
our main preaching right now is just like we want you to get vaccinated. Yeah, we've been pretty fucking lax and sometimes reckless. So it's like <laughs> I am speaking. I'm speaking from like you know the cool aunt experience, <laughs> kind of. Like I've been there, sweetie. We've, like basically, this is my official stance on like COVID reckless behavior. Like if you're gonna do it, we'd rather you do it do in the house. house. But <laughs> in the house means vaccinated. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And when we weren't vaccinated, it literally meant in In the the house. house. (laughs) Yeah. As we were doing, as you know, if you were listening to those episodes. Uh, Uh, Yeah. You know, we want everyone to just be safe. And um, yeah, I guess, you know, that's my hot ish take is just like. Move with love, everyone. And um, just kind of try to do the right thing. Move with love. That'll be the name of the app. Move with love. Ew. Just kidding. Yeah. Let's have a lighthearted fuck up of the week. Yeah. For everyone. Thank God that episode got deleted. Yeah. We, we really <laughs> dove into Afghanistan and the Taliban um, yesterday for our fuck up of the I week. And then I could not sleep because all I could think about was Afghanistan and the Taliban. I truly, I mean, same, but not because we talked about it on the podcast. I mean, that like really brought it up even more. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's a horrible thing that's happening and we are the least qualified people in the world to talk about it. So (laughs) 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 we... Wait, uh, I, oh my God, us on ketamine with ketamine brain trying to string together sentences, but it's on the podcast about Afghanistan. <laughs> that, that'll be on the Patreon. Yeah. Oh my God, maybe that'll be the next tier is that it's like bonus, bonus episodes. Yeah. And it's right after we for, like just send ourselves into a K-hole and then try to unpack like the world's most like controversial topics. Let's do that. For someone who is so eloquent when I speak sometimes, I can't say a fucking goddamn thing <laughs> on ketamine brain. It really scares me sometimes. Um, okay, well, so if we're not talking about the enormous we're not. <laughs> international disaster that is the Taliban regaining control of Life Afghanistan. Best mistakes we're here to die and walk about. <laughs> The Taliban taking over Afghanistan. Yeah, simply not our place. Honor but to you. our hearts do go out to everyone affected, truly, madly, deeply. We just learned the hard way by attempting to talk about it on the episode that has so gracefully deleted itself <laughs> that, <laughs> itself, that <laughs> we we are just not the ones to talk yeah, about no. it um that episode listen because to it's itself. not funny at all is the no, thing it's not <laughs> unfortunately no Aww. i'm sure if there's any like afghan comedian that wants to take that on absolutely feel free or you know i welcome guess welcome to the stage um yeah. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> but i yeah it's um I don't want it to go unacknowledged completely, but we're just not going to like get into the nitty no, gritty of it. this isn't fucking red scare. All right. <laughs> it's <about> worse. It. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure they had something succinct and also bitchy to say about it. I'd be, I would love to know what they, yeah, no, they are it. as, uh, but they're, you know, they as, read like, well, who's that woman? Camille, whatever the fuck her name is. They read people like, what is that? Polya, you know, they read like intelligent shit. So. Yeah, like they would have had a really intelligent answer to who they want to invite to dinner. Yeah. 
and we did not. <laughs> and spoiler alert, one of ours was Trisha Paytas. <laughs> so, <laughs> so go listen to the bonus episode for more of that content. And if you want an intellectual answer to anything at all, listen to Red Scare. Maybe listen. I don't know. I don't know if I'm officially saying listen to Red Scare if you want I the am, intellectual answer. I, I listen answer. to Red Scare when I want to feel like I'm back in a liberal arts college. I'm. I want to. I listen to Red Scare when I want to confirm why I never went to a liberal arts college. <laughs> um, <laughs> listen, I think they're smart and sometimes funny, and I don't actually have as big of a problem with them as the rest of the world does. But I'm not going to sit over here and say that that's like where you should get your informed podcasting from necessarily. <laughs> um, just don't get it from us, and that's why. This week's fuck up of the week. I don't know. Did did Cuomo actually say I'm not a pervert? I'm just Italian, or yeah. was that no? He really a said fake it. screenshot. Yeah, he really said that. Okay, well then, how about that? Okay, because <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. Yeah, I um, yeah, I'm not perverted. I'm just Italian. We touch everyone. Something it, was uh, was the crux of what he said. And uh, as the Italian on this podcast, that's do you have anything? Wop. <laughs> do you have a response? Uh, listen to me over here. <laughs> Do I think that's true? No. Um, no, I mean, listen, we are a touchy, warm, loving culture. But Sounds as, like you're talking about the fairies right now. Uh, but as a man, an Italian-American in New York who was interviewed about the statement said... Listen, though, I don't just go up uh, kissing random women on the cheek. <laughs> I, it's, a, it's a cousin or a family friend or a sister, someone you know. That's how we show love. So... That's what I would say. One of my favorite. I am perverted, but not because I'm Italian. <laughs> because you're trans. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Cancel me. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Getting on Joe Rogan. If you guys don't fucking get me on Joe Rogan by the time 2022 arrives, there's gonna be a problem. Um, one of my favorite tidbits about my family is that my grandfather would kiss all of us on the mouth. Like that's how he would greet and say mm-hmm. goodbye to all of us. And there is Italian in my family. Yeah. Granted, not through my grandfather. Yeah. <laughs> my fully like German Irish grandfather was uh, just out here kissing people on the mouth, which culturally not as much a thing as much as much among the germans and the irish yeah my dad kissed me on the mouth every day until i was in like the eighth grade and then finally i was like that's weird yeah that's enough no i mean i kissed my family members on the mouth sometimes with tongue no i'm just kidding everyone (laughs) oh i have a i have a joke about how i like stopped kissing my grandfather on the mouth when i was a kid because I was like eh, I just don't really feel like doing this anymore and my dad like taught me how to like curve my my grandfather by like turning my head at the last second and mm-hmm. having his lips land on my cheek mm-hmm. and so I just did that the rest of my life um, never officially told him no thank you stop kissing me on the mouth I would just pretend to almost kiss him on the mouth and then like right at the last second let him plant one on my cheek and on his deathbed I uh, he was leaning in and I was going to do what I normally do. But right at the last second, I was like, you know what? He's dying. I'm going to let this old man kiss me on the mouth. And he did. And it was in my joke. I say he slipped me a little bit of tongue. He didn't actually. But there was like saliva entering my mouth. <laughs> Partially, I think, just because he was like really old and and dying. R.I.P. Grandpa. Miss you so much. But it was just like so gross and funny to me that I'm like as 
just like a gift to my grandfather. All this man wanted to do was kiss his family members on the mouth. <laughs> and all of us just kept like tricking him into kissing us on, <laughs> on our cheeks. And I finally let him do it. And I just like have like oodles of his saliva pouring into me, into my lips. Um, so, you know, that little hot. It, yeah, little bit of tongue turned out. Um, but yeah, not Italian. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. <sighs> God, what is this? Summer 2020? <laughs> They've been doing it forever. <laughs> uh-huh. Like that. They just, de- <laughs> they just decided to stop in <laughs> yeah. 2021. They're like, you know what? That's a wrap. Yeah. Um, <laughs> every fucking, summer long every fucking fireworks. White comedian on Twitter who wanted to feel better about the fact their gentrifiers were all fucking saying that in response to actual New Yorkers being like, this is weird. Yeah, no, <laughs> I remember. I recall. No, I, I know you remember. <laughs> I had to do, I did a podcast, my, my friend's podcast last summer while there was like all of these fireworks just going throughout the entire thing in the background. And they were in L.A and they were like damn like you guys were really not lying on twitter about the fireworks situation over there and i was like i know (laughs) (laughs) i know um anyway anyway if anyone didn't hear there was a firework that just went off hopefully you're a firework fingers crossed it was a firework that was a firework (laughs) yeah 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 it was a firework yeah (laughs) 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 that's that's me that that was me hyping myself up for having to walk home after this yeah it's a firework um so yeah italians are perverts was the fuck up of the week yes (laughs) and um throwing the other italians under the bus while you're just driving that bus off a cliff here's a hot take i'd fuck cuomo there's my hot take. <laughs> the look you just gave me, like expecting any kind of response. I wasn't from me. really expecting a response. I was just saying it. I have to say it. I have a lot to say about this Cuomo situation. Okay, let's hear it. No, I'm not going to do it because I will get canceled. Well, let's hear it. You know, I just have no. I can't. I literally we'll can't. bleep out any cancelable opinions. Well, it opinion. could it could be funny a long bleep, or we'll decide to leave it in. The whole opinion is cancel. Can- you know, cancelable. I just think that I'm so glad. Because he's evil, but I think the was just such like a, and we really used the to get him out of here. And I'm not saying you shouldn't touch people without their consent. I'm just saying all these that came out against him are gonna get some great going forward. And we will cut this out, but that's how I feel. I mean, so, it's true. That's just how I feel about it. I think that we need to, you know, again, I'm glad he's gone. And I don't think that workplace harassment is okay. I just think that sometimes I wish people took a more critical look at the motive. No, I mean, it reminds me of how he even got into office. Like, there, the, the ways that the his administration got rid of the last administration is very similar. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that, but that makes sense. It is. It's. It was a lot of just like behind the scenes manipulating more than actual, a- actual like election winning. Yeah, you know. Here's my here's my question. I'm sure a lot of what he was accused of is true, 
But I'm also curious, what were like the conversations behind closed doors involving some of these female staffers? Like they, I'm sure, you know, politics are fucking slimy. People are always making backroom deals. Who was, you know, what, what was going on? What stories were being, what alliances were being made and what stories were being already created before many of these incidences, incidences happened? Yeah. You know, for this to all go down. That's my question. Totally. And it won't be answered. And all these women will have cushy jobs where they're as shitty as their superiors are right now. So it's not like anything's going to fucking change. Yeah. Cuomo, come on the pod. Cuomo, come on the pod. Also, Cuomo, I'd go on a date with you. (laughs) So I think that you're hot. And I know that you have a nipple ring. We can all see it through your t-shirt. Ooh, I didn't... Yeah, there were photos on Twitter last year where I you can see that he has a nipple pierced through his white T-shirt. Closely. Yeah, Cuomo is fucking hot. <laughs> I'd rather fucks. fuck his. I'd rather fuck his brother, but I bet that Cuomo's better in bed. I bet Andrew Cuomo's better in bed than well, Chris yeah, Cuomo. Yeah, he's way more. Um, he's way more unethical. Yeah, so, I bet know? he. He. <laughs> you know the pussy. real dirty shit is happening with him. <laughs> yeah, he. he no, he doesn't, doesn't care. If he doesn't come. care if you come, but he definitely lets you eat his ass. Ooh. He's definitely into ass play. He probably doesn't want you putting anything in his ass except a tongue. Interesting. And I, I really bet just he... pictured him on all fours, like being like, "Whoa!" <laughs> I bet he. Eat... <laughs> I bet he eats pussy. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Totally a legs sure. up guy. <laughs> Listen, I can't help the image that came into my mind. I'm not saying I agree with it. Okay, so can obviously, we name... I Anya would want to put his legs up. Can we name this? But my pod... brain gave me him on all fours, and I can't help that. Can we name this episode? Uh, Come, on on all fours. <laughs> Come on, all fours. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh lord ugh, now I'm thinking of Cynthia Nixon eating up her partner I don't know how my brain went there now I'm thinking about Cynthia Nixon eating Cuomo's ass <laughs> oh my god ew <laughs> truly you know Cynthia what <laughs> well thank god she didn't win because how we wouldn't get this sex in the city <laughs> reboot seriously well, <laughs> or that could have been part of the reboot Miranda become Miranda <laughs> Miranda leaves law and becomes governor. <laughs> it's really meta. Yeah. It's like, and her name is Cynthia Nixon now. <laughs> and she's a former actress from a show called Sex in the City. <laughs> Sarah Jessica Parker is just like... And I couldn't help but wonder <laughs> what bring, the fuck is going on. <laughs> they bring Kim Cattrall back on, but it shows she's had like a mental <laughs> breakdown. She's just constantly scatting in every scene she's in. So yeah, by the time y'all are listening to this, we are safely, responsibly, absolutely getting fucking, fucking wasted, wasted on woods. drugs, not on alcohol. drugs, not alcohol. Ew, Ew uh, who still drinks? Gross. Somebody uh, fucking somebody posted about their birthday party recently and was like, "Bring alcohol," but didn't say bring drugs. And I was like. <laughs> Huh. Huh. I'm not going to that. <laughs> okay, I guess we're still living in 2012. Ew. But what happened in 2014? <laughs> um, something that happened in 2003 and 2005 is what this episode's about. Can't wait for y'all to hear all about that. All about James, Fra- James Frey's uh, infamous memoir that wasn't a memoir, but was a memoir, maybe A Million Little Pieces. Famously in the Oprah Book Club, 
So um, keep listening for keep more listening. about that. Get into it. And subscribe to our Patreon because honestly, our first bonus episode is very funny. It's and fire. It's fire, darling. And um, <laughs> darling. Darling. Cruella DeVille is such a cunt to Anita for no reason. That just made me think of that. What? Cruella DeVille is such a cunt to oh. Anita for no reason. And saying darling just made me think of that. True. Oh, my God. She's so mean to her. We need some more hot takes about specifically that friendship. It's a weird fucking friendship. <laughs> it's like, what is going on? How did you two meet? Because <laughs> it seems like there's a 40-year so age difference. <laughs> and why is your skin gray? Why, what kind of malnourished <laughs> lifestyle are you living? Um, kind of seems like you party, so maybe like hit us up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I would love to Come go to Hancho with Cruella god, DeVille. Cruella DeVille should have been one of our dinner guests. But oh my god. Alas. <sighs> we'll, we'll amend it in the in the next bonus episode. Yes. Um, but for now, subscribe to our Patreon and get into the rest of this episode. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Listener mistakes. Hi, Anya and Nika. Love the pod. I'll keep this one short. I gave blood for the first time on a 30 degree Celsius summer's day. Hot for England. The nurse told me to go home and take a chill. I decided to cycle into town, sunbathe, play tennis, and then go straight on a night out drinking and doing ket. I woke up the next day for work feeling, feeling like I'd been hit on the head repeatedly with a hammer which was a rare feeling for me at the time, being 19 years old. One of my worst days of working in my life. The owner of the shop got angry and demoted me to the basement to wash to wash up as I could barely stand. A valuable mistake to learn from, releasing for the first time that maybe you're not invincible. <laughs> <laughs> I think they meant to say realizing. Yeah, sure, yeah. But also, you know, releasing. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I've been there. I literally, um, when I was 22, went into, or 21 actually, um, did three hits of liquid acid um, and then went to work at 8 a.m. to work a nine to five at Urban Outfitters the next day and was still tripping for the first like two and a half hours of my shift. So, like, we've all been there. <laughs> and I told myself that night that I wasn't going to party hard. So. Yeah. I get it. Sounds like this person didn't even tell themselves they weren't going to party hard. It's like the nurse told them that. And they were yeah. like, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. Ugh, giving blood. What a, I mean, I've not given blood in a while, partially because I pass out every time I do it, partially because I have to lie in order to do it and say that I have not had sex with a man that has sex with men. Mm. Um, because that's still a question they ask you. And if you say yes to it, you can't give blood. Absolutely psychotic. (laughs) And it's why I, as a stance, will never donate blood. Just kidding. I hate needles. But that's what I tell people when they ask me to donate blood. You're like, it's homophobic. uh, Because it is. But also, 
needles. needles. Yeah. No, I get it. I've... You're not getting any of my fucking blood. <laughs> Creeps. Uh... Yeah. Ew. Ew. What do, you, what do you want my blood for? If you want my blood, you're going to have to suck it out of my neck like a vampire like should. A normal human being. <laughs> Grow up. The only people who get to want my blood are all of the actors from True Blood. Exactly. Eric Northman, where are you? Yeah, seriously. Oh. Also, Ian Somerhalder in The Vampire Diaries can want my blood. No one else. Um, but hey, you know what? Thank you for your service, anonymous listener. <laughs> it is the right thing to do. Um, and it sounds like you learned the hard way that a lot of the things they warn you about when you donate blood and the things you should and shouldn't do afterwards are unfortunately accurate. Yeah. Um, the first time I donated blood, I fully fainted and they gave me goldfish and uh ginger ale and now anytime anyone wants to put a needle in me for any reason i request ginger ale (laughs) because i'm high maintenance like that deep dive deep dive (sighs) okay this deep dive is like you know, at one point was like a funny story that with hindsight and like adulthood has dawned on me how like deeply fucked up this mistake was and how I, I alluded to this mistake in a previous episode when we get give advice to teenagers. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, we like addressed our teen listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Okay. So when I was like 14 or 15, my friends and I started experimenting with alcohol. <laughs> oh, this story, which I haven't heard yet, everyone. Yeah. But yes. My friends and I started experimenting with alcohol and marijuana. Um, and we would just, you know, get our hands on a like fifth of vodka, mix it with orange juice, and get absolutely shit faced in like one of our basements <laughs> every weekend. Like, not even at like a party, like just. Six of us at a sleepover, you know? As you do at 14, 15 years old. Yeah. And um, one of my friends, one of my dear, dear friends, who is to this day one of the only people from high school I still speak to, absolutely love her, um, got really fucking drunk one night. Like, got way too drunk. And um, we were just, like, drinking in my bedroom at my mom's house. And she like passed out from being drunk Mm -hmm. and that had never happened to any of us before. We didn't know what to do. Um, And she started like puking unconsciously, which we knew enough to make sure she didn't stay on her back. um, Thankfully. And so we like put her on her side and now she's just this unconscious person like puking in my room. So we kind of get her to wake up a little bit and like stumble into the bathroom and we just like put her in the tub so that she can like keep puking and it's not getting everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then we were like, oh my God, it's so stupid the way we tried to DIY this obvious case of alcohol poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> like we should, let me be clear. I now know as a not 14 year old, um, we should have like woken up my mom and taken her to the hospital because she needed her stomach pumped. But instead... We decided to like kind of induce because we were afraid of getting in trouble, which is so stupid because she could have literally died. 
And I we realized that and it's a, you know, we just didn't realize it at the time. And that's all that's also why I think we should have better alcohol education for minors because we assume that we just say like don't drink and then they won't, but they will. So let's at least tell them yeah. what to look out for. Um because we fully should have gone to the hospital and I I know that. But at the time we were like let's just turn the shower on and turn it from like hot to cold over and over again because that is supposed to like quote unquote sober you up. And also like we literally were like on my like family desktop computer Googling how to like get someone to like sober up faster. And (laughs) I know. And like, while one person was like tending to our friend and like cleaning her up while she just kept vomiting in the bathtub. Um, the hot and cold water was like working and it was getting her to puke more, but also she was like waking up and she like now was no longer like, you know, when we brought her into the bathroom in the first case or like she was just like stumbling and like completely out of it. And we could tell she couldn't even really like understand what we were saying to her and she was not giving coherent answers. She like hit her head on the side of the tub at one point, like she was out of it. We were going to take shifts staying awake and making sure she didn't puke in her sleep because we were like terrified. Yeah. Um, and so that's what we did. We like took shifts for the rest of the night, like staying up next to her, like watching a movie, making sure she didn't puke in her sleep. And in the morning she woke up and we had like kind of helped her get changed because she was like all wet from puke and like being in the shower. Mm-hmm. So she woke up in like my pajamas with no memory of, like, how she got that way. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what happened last night? And we were like, well, you got, like, really drunk and we had to, like, clean you up in the shower and that's why you're not wearing your clothes anymore. Um, and she was the only one out of all of us that was not hung over the next day. Oh, my God, that's so funny. <laughs> she, like, ate a bagel and felt fine. And that's the rest of hilarious. us, like, I remember I, like, went to this, like, event downtown the next day and I, like, had this, like, pounding, splitting headache. And it's because I... Did not puke up all the alcohol I had consumed. Yeah. But to me, the mistake is, like, I do think we should have gotten an, an adult involved. I think my mom should have been woken up. I think we probably should have brought her to the hospital. I don't think that it was, like, a horrible mistake. Like, I think that we, like, we did take into consideration all the thing, all the factors of the situation. And we like concluded that it wasn't a hundred percent necessary because her parents would have freaked out way worse than like my parents would have. Yeah. And we would have gotten her in a lot of trouble had we done that, yeah. which was kind of, that was like the fence that we were on. No, totally. But I just do want to say to any teens listening, it is like way more important to stay alive than to make sure your parents aren't mad at you. So, you know, if you're ever in a position where it's like, should I wake up my parents and like ask for a ride home or like get this friend to the hospital, even if it means I'll be grounded for six months? The answer is yes. Don't do what I did. It did end up okay, but it could have very easily not. And uh, you just, you know, it's more important to stay alive than to not be grounded. Always tell the truth, kids. (laughs) Always tell the truth. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, no, literally. <sighs> well. Well, so that was my mistake. That was my deep dive. Thank you for that deep dive. <laughs> um, much like this story of you guys not telling the adult in the situation um, what was going on, and even though it worked out in the end, there could have been catastrophic um, 
consequences for omitting the truth or lying, whatever you want to call it, um, about what was really going on. This relates to this week's mistake. Best mistake. Which is about the 2003 memoir, um, A Million Little Pieces, written by, um, I'm sorry, uh, written by (laughs) James Frey. Um, So, some context. This book came out, as I said, in 2003, but it wasn't until 2006 that it, like, really um, became a a huge success. Um, And that was literally because of Oprah Winfrey and her book club that she had at the time, and actually still has. Mm-hmm. Um, so some context about the book. Um, a, a review of it uh, calls it a sprawling and manic novel about addiction, survival, and redemption. Um, and the plot is described, um, a brutally honest memoir about a man's journey from rock bottom to salvation. Um, James Frey was 23, addicted to cocaine, meth, and nitrous oxide, wanted in three states on possession charges and with a face turned inside out after falling headfirst down a fire escape. By the time he arrived at a Minnesota rehabilitation center, he had four missing teeth and a hole in his cheek. Rehab proved sordid, surreal, and ultimately healing, a collection of equally damaged and addicted characters providing color and guidance to the young Frey. At 23, he turned his experiences into a book, earning $50,000 from his publishers at Doubleday, an imprint of Random House. Entertainment Weekly at the time writes, Frey doesn't come across as a guy who says outrageous things to get attention, Um, which I will provide context for why that actually is a hilarious foreshadowing of what ends up happening in the aftermath of this book becoming a huge hit. Um... So A Million Little Pieces quickly emerges as a hit, um, and it's elevated into the stratosphere by Oprah Winfrey, who in 2005 uh, and 2006 endlessly promotes the book on her daytime talk show and helps it to the top of the New York Times bestseller list for 15 weeks in a row. Um, So Frey essentially is the new kid on the scene in the literary world, um, he looks like he's beca- going to become a literary superstar, but some people see him as being obnoxiously overconfident and a brash young writer. He has an acronym um, on his tattooed on his arm that stands for fuck the bullshit, it's time to throw down. Um, <laughs> okay, that's kind of iconic. And has little good to say about his contemporaries. He's quoted as saying, I don't give a fuck what Jonathan Sarfan, whatever his name does, or what David Foster Wallace does. Uh, He says this to the New York Observer in 2003. Um, People say that he was exhausting but undeniably exciting, a Charles Bukowski for the new millennium. But there's also some storm kind of brewing on the horizon. So in early 2006, before we had TMZ, we had The Smoking Gun, which I do not remember this website, but I also was a child in 2006. Um... But like I said, they were very much like a TMZ kind of gossip rag that would break stories before anyone else mm-hmm. knew about them. Um, so James Frey appears on Oprah and the smoking gun starts doing an investigation um, that is not even really an investigation at first. What happens is that they hear him tell this whole story about going to jail, 
uh, you know, being arrested multiple times, running with the cops. And so somebody who works for this website decides that they want to write an article about him. They go to find a mugshot of him and they can't find one. Um, so that's when they're like, huh, something's weird. We can't find a mugshot about this guy who wrote a memoir about going to jail. Interesting. So the smoking gun publishes evidence proving that a number of the book's claims run true. Um, they, they claim that Frey didn't hit a police officer with his car. He wasn't sentenced to 87 days in jail as a result, but rather only spent five hours in custody after earning two misdemeanor traffic tickets. Um, he alleges in the book that he was involved in a train accident that kills two teenage girls. They go on to report that that also was untrue. Um, he also talks about a girlfriend named Lily that he meets in rehab who um, commits suicide. Uh, they uncover that she may have not even existed um, and that many of the relationships, both friendships and romantic relationships that he writes about in the book as having developed in rehab never happened. So James Fry and Winfrey are kind of working as a team, and they initially shrug off the allegations. Um, Frey goes on a press tour with his uh, with his editor and his agent from Random House to talk about the allegations. He goes on the Larry King show with Winfrey calling in to defend uh, Frey and says, the underlying message of redemption in James Frey's memoir still resonates with me, and I know it resonates with millions of people who have read this book. To me, it seems to be much ado about nothing. But then two weeks later, for some reason, and it's probably because the pressure keeps picking up as bigger publications start doing their own kind of investigations, Winfrey's perspective completely changes. Um, and instead of continuing to defend Frey, which I remember this interview as a kid, um, and I hope to God that if I ever get famous, I am not called out by Oprah Winfrey, because <laughs> my God, is she fucking scary <laughs> Aquariuses are so scary wow when we're mad <laughs> whew, are we icy um so Winfrey has uh James Frey and Nan Talese who is uh his publisher onto the interview now James Frey and Nan Talese to this day still say that Oprah Winfrey and her producers had invited the pair onto the show under the pretense of talking about in quotes truth in America um, but that is not what happens. James Frey comes on the show and Oprah Winfrey immediately cuts him up. Um, I'm picturing so, her like in that like plastic outfit that Dexter wears, like <laughs> putting on gloves and like he's on the table and she like slices his, his cheek the way Dexter <laughs> cuts the cheek of like all of his victims and they just know what's fucking coming and it's the knife, baby. Yep. Pretty much. <laughs> so they basically walk into an ambush. Um, Winfrey, to this day, insists that she was always open about her intentions, though she did go on in 2011 on her show to apologize for the way that she handled the situation and said that after years of meditation and growth, she realizes that she was maybe too hard on him, even though he was a liar. So in front of a packed studio audience, Winfrey tells Frey that he has betrayed millions of readers and that she felt duped by the claims in his book. So Frey, stuck between a rock and a hard place, confesses that many of the claims made by the smoking gun were actually true, that he had falsified a number of experiences recounted in his book. 
Um, he says, I think one of the coping mechanisms I developed was sort of this image of myself that was greater than what I actually was. Um, and goes on to say that in order to get through the experience of the addiction, I thought of myself as being tougher than I was and badder than I was, and it helped me cope. When I was writing the book, instead of being as introspective as I should have been, I clung to that image. Um, but Winfrey does not budge in this interview and continues her persistent line of questioning. She goes on to say to him that I acted in defense of you. And as I said, my judgment was clouded because so many people seem to have gotten so much out of it, she told him. But now I feel that you conned us all. I think you presented a false person. So in the wake of Winfrey's confrontation with Frey, literary figures in the literary world distance themselves from Frey. He's dropped by his publisher and agent. Warner Bros. abandons the film adaption that they had been prepping. Um, and questions, but, but basically what goes on to happen is that Frey is dropped by all of these people. His career seems like it's in the toilet. But something else arises where questions start remaining about how much Frey was actually encouraged to embellish this memoir by Random House. Um, so the question was, did he do this himself or did Random House know all along that his, in quotes, memoir was more fiction than fact? Um, in 2006, around the time of the scandal, Vanity Fair writes a feature and additionally alleges that Frey had been directed to exaggerate his story by one of his editors at Doubleday and that Frey had expressed unease with the marketing of A Million Little Pieces as a memoir long before it had actually been published. Um, he writes in an author's questionnaire used for marketing and publicity purposes in advance of the publication, I think this book is more, I think of this book as more of a work of art or literature than I do a work of memoir or autobiography. So from the beginning, Frey is trying to advocate for the book to not be published as a memoir. Um... So I was going to say, like, you can embellish on your life and then just call it fiction. And that's, well, like, I'll, I'll get to that. But right. that is essentially, like, what he then goes on to say to people mm -hmm. is that that's what he wanted to do. Um, but unfortunately, by the time that all of this is unearthed, that Frey had actually not been a liar and that he had been pressured by his publishers and Random House into marketing the book as a memoir, it's too late. Um it had ceased to really matter. Frey had already become persona non grata, hounded by photographers, jeered at by the public, and scorned by Winfrey. Um, so, you know, it ends up being, like, the biggest scandal of the time. Um, and people kind of say that, like, this was the biggest, like, pop culture Twitter scandal before Twitter even existed. Um it was everywhere and you could not get away from it in 2006. And it really started this whole discourse of in in a period of time where the literary world uh, and people like Oprah Winfrey were really obsessed with the idea of all of us in this country being uh, philosophically like connected to the idea of telling the truth that this huge lie had persisted and kind of the wool had been pulled over everyone's eyes. So it becomes this huge discourse gravy train. Um, and, sorry, so, oh, so Frey goes on to say in The Guardian in 2006 uh, that some people think memoirs should be held to a perfect journalistic standard, some people don't. Obviously, I don't. My goal was never to create or to write a perfect journalistic standard of my life. It was always to be as literature. 
I thought in doing that, it was okay to take certain licenses. To tell a story effectively, you manipulate information. I think that if stories were told always exactly as as they really happened, most of them would be really boring. Um, so Freilich kind of recovers somewhat in the years that follow. He works on an increasingly uh, poorly reviewed follow-up book, which it's fiction. He sets up his own young adult publishing company that goes on to be accused by New York Mag in 2010 of taking advantage of aspiring student writers. Um, and A Million Little Pieces does continue to sell, but with an apologetic author's note tacked onto the front um, and bookstores recategorize, recategorizing it as fiction. As I said, Oprah in 2011 goes on to apologize and seeks his forgiveness. Um, what exactly does she apologize for? Um, she goes on to say that she felt she had initially been too hard on Frey in 2006. Okay. Um, and that's it. Hmm. Um, yeah. The questions that follow in the wake of this, um, in the wake of this scandal mainly is, are we too forgiving of, uh, wealthy white men when they happen to be great artists? Um, and does the undeniable power of a million little pieces override the fact that elements of it never actually happened? Um, so obviously, you know, people feel that this is an amazing book. It's an amazing work of art. It's an amazing piece of literature. James Frey is an amazing author. Um, clearly it had to have been a great book if it was on the, uh, bestsellers list for 15 weeks for the New York Times. But the real question is, um, one, did Random House and the published and the editors rather that James Frey was working with, did they like really have a role to play in persuading him and really pressuring him to market this book as fiction when he, or, or as a memoir, when he wanted to market it as what it was, which was fiction, um, and the other question is, would this book have been so successful um, if it were not marketed as a memoir, um, if it were just run-of-the-mill fiction? Um, obviously, I would say that the... Or, I mean, we can, like, talk more about it, but I, I would personally say that the, like, mistake and the moral of the story... Um, would just to be, would be to just be honest, obviously, <laughs> about what you're writing. Um, and to, I think, like, more conversations need to happen um, surrounding the very real gray areas that exist in a lot of memoirist work. Mm. Um, because almost every memoir you have ever read is fabricated on some level. Mm -hmm. um, David Sedaris fabricates a lot of his stories, um, some to a great extent, some some are just small details. Well, they have to be because people put like direct quotes in memoirs. People like write out conversations in memoirs. And it's like, unless you have the recording of that conversation, there's no way to say that that is actually what was said. Yeah, or even changing timelines of events and, you know, making something happen before it actually happened so this thing could happen for the narrative right. um, to be better. And I don't think that that is wrong. Like, that, I, you know, I think that <clears throat> memoirs are not always a, um, you know, memoirs are not biographies. Mm. Like, memoirs are works of art. And it's, you know, I, I think that Every day, we we fabricate certain parts of our stories and our own narratives. And sometimes we don't even know that we're doing that, but, right. but we do. Um, and there are always little details that we're leaving out or adding in when we're telling stories um, that we want to share with people. 
to make Not them... me. I've never done that yeah. on this podcast. I mean, same. But I other people totally <laughs> other do. Other people do that. Um, Not us, you guys. All of our deep dives are 100% exactly how they happened. Not even influenced by personal bias, if you can believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we're that good we are that good um <laughs> yeah what, what would you what's your takeaway on on this i mean you know it reminds me a lot of like the cat person discourse that yeah. just happened which was actually kind of like rather than trying to define what nonfiction is cat person was not the the story itself but the discourse around it that just happened um was more about trying to define what fiction is and what is okay to write in fiction? What nonfiction things is okay to put into fiction? Yeah. Um, and it's like kind of a fascinating parallel to like that both of these had like controversies around being this sh- like one of the genres with too much of the other genre in it. Mm-hmm. When to like, you know, to be perfectly fair to everyone involved. Not that I am taking any sides in specifically the cat person discourse, <laughs> but um, fiction cannot exist without nonfiction details. Yeah. Like, you can't write anything fictional without something true influencing it or being or pulling from truth. And you can't write uh, nonfiction without some fiction, like you just said. Like, you have to for the point of for the sake of the narrative or for the sake of readability you have to change some things um and it's interesting like to what extent both of those things is considered okay yeah. um but yeah for i guess for listeners that don't know what i'm talking about with the cat person thing basically cat person was that short story that was published what in like the new yorker yeah i believe so um like last year or maybe a little bit longer ago and it was like one of the first ever viral short stories like it it swept the internet and people were obsessed with it and it was like about this like college-aged girl dating this like 30 year old guy and how their age difference was like predatory kind of is like the the point of the story it's a well-written story but that's like the gist of it and um recently Um, somebody came forward with a personal essay about how cat person was actually based on their life and they like didn't know that until later. Like they, they read cat person when it came out and then they were like, that's so creepily my exact experience all the way down to like the town I'm from and the college I was going to and the place I worked and the, the, the guy that I was dating, like details about his life And she was so confused because she had never met the author and she was just like so um, taken aback. And then like years later, she found out that the author had also dated this guy and had learned about her through him and then took details of her life and put it in Cat Person, which is like the author's like imagined version of events from the perspective of this real person. Yeah. Um, and so the, the real person was like, I don't even think like I read her essay, um, and I didn't think that she was a, like even trying to claim that in order, like ethical fiction needs to not pull from anyone's life. It no, wasn't, she wasn't, she wasn't arguing that at all, but that's what the discourse around it turned into, even yeah. though her essay didn't even really say that her essay was more just about like the discomfort that that experience put her through and like the um 
the conclusions that were drawn from Cat Person were like not even what her own conclusions about her experience would have been. Like it was just more like what it's like to have a viral short story about you, you know, like the essay itself wasn't really like, and therefore she shouldn't have done anything that she did, but maybe she shouldn't have like done that without changing any of the details about her. Agreed. Um, Because then it's not fiction anymore. It just straight up isn't fiction anymore. Yeah. And, like that it just reminds me so much of like it's the opposite of your story basically um and like i don't even know what moral of the story i would draw from either of those things because i'm not i am a writer but not i'm not like deep in the writing world where i'm gonna sit around and say what real fiction or real nonfiction is or isn't or what writers should do or shouldn't do ethically speaking but i think in both cases Um, there's just a thread of dishonesty about what it is that these authors were promoting. Yeah, I mean, I find this really interesting because I I went to, I mean, dropped out, but I went to school for two years and studied creative nonfiction writing. So I, like, really wanted to be a memoirist, essayist, like, David Sedaris kind of writer. Um, And I... It's, like, it's tricky, right? Like, it's definitely... um, Again, like you, you don't want to overly embellish when you're writing about something in your life that did happen. But again, like narrative, there are like things you want to do to the narrative and the, you want to change the structure of events. But it's like, I, I definitely think like what he did was absolutely unethical, but I don't think that he is the one to, I don't think he should be the one that all of the blame is assigned to because there is no fucking way that Random House published a memoir from an unknown writer and didn't... They, I mean, his editor literally went on to say in the Oprah interview that she didn't fact-check the book. Mm. So, like, there's no way that someone like Random House or one of the biggest publishers in the world didn't know what was going on and didn't have influence over this. Right. I think it was a cash-grab situation. Um, and they wanted to be responsible for the new... Uh, the new kid on the literary scene and I just don't think that they realize that they would get caught. Um, So yeah, I just think like, don't lie. (laughs) Just don't lie. Just like, be honest about what the work that you're writing and putting out there actually is. In terms of the cat person story, like, yeah, I'm sorry. I I don't think that like, you should really uh, take details about a person such explicit details about mm. a person, put it in a book of fiction and say that you came up with this on your own. Right. Because you I, did it. I agree. Because also, listen, I think At least that, say it's inspired by... Or, uh, you or know, yeah, like, I don't think it's unreasonable to date a guy, find out that at one point he dated this much younger woman, think about what her experience as the younger woman dating this guy would be like, and then write from that, like, perspective. Like... That in itself is not unethical. Like the thing that she was inspired by wasn't unethical. It was like that she then just found out all this shit about this person and like took their actual life and put it into this thing saying like, look at this story I made up. Yeah. And like, I think that that when you're a fiction writer, you often have to take from the people around you and from your own life. And when you're a nonfiction writer, you often have to like, uh, like, 
twist the truth a little bit about yourself and the people in your life. Like neither thing is inherently wrong. But I think in both cases, it was the situation where like the thing that was wrong was the dishonesty with which they went um, about it and how deeply like like we said it's okay to put a little bit of fiction in nonfiction. it's okay to put a little bit of nonfiction in fiction but they both like i think went too far over the edge to yeah, the other side absolutely um for the sake of the genre that they were trying to like label it as yeah i don't think that like really either thing was um inherently unethical like the uneth the unethical part of it was like i guess the promotion of both things yeah the written work itself is fine it's just what you call it exactly yeah yeah um um yeah my uh let me just give my source before i forget um it was from a like it's an article that is also from a movie review written in 2019 because this was turned eventually was turned into a movie um starring Aaron Taylor Johnson um but I didn't see it so but the title is called a million a million little pieces without mention of its scandal what is there left to say about James Frey's addiction opus um and it's by Adam White and you can find it in the independent amazing moral of the story So yeah, moral of the story, I guess, is be honest or, you know, have integrity is really the moral of the story. Like honesty implies that I think that that guy shouldn't have written anything dishonest in his memoir. And I think that that is a silly expectation to put on anyone. But the honesty that I'm talking about is more on the uh, on the publishing side of things. Yeah. You always get caught. Yeah. Always tell the truth, kids. Always tell the truth and um, <laughs> kiss your friends on the mouth. And kiss your friends on the mouth. Test your drugs. Test, test your, your holes. holes. Uh, <laughs> write us a review. Yeah, write us a review. Write us your fucking mistakes. At bestmistakespod at gmail.com. Gmail. Um, and uh, we yeah, love you. we love you. And we're both going to go on our little trips this week. And next week, you're going to hear all about them. All about them. Well, I guess this is coming out later. but Yeah, well, you'll hear about them. At some point. At some point. <laughs> you're going to hear about our lives every week. Every week until... Um, forever. Uh, forever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, and tell us any mistakes you want to hear about. Yeah, do that. Because, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not really having trouble yet thinking of any, but I am curious... If you have ideas that you're like, oh, I really want to hear the way Anya or Nika talks about these things. I just got inspiration for one staring at this book on your desk. Oh, this one? Uh, Yeah. It's going to be the next mistake (laughs) I cover. I love that. Okay, cool. Maybe I'll do a mistake based on this book. Okay, great. Look at (laughs) us just uh, answering our own questions. Yeah. Never mind. Don't write us fucking shit. We don't need you. (laughs) Love you. Love you.